with the fifth edition. Join our various gaming groups as we play the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons. And maybe just hang out and chat about gaming in general. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Hey guys, Jim here with Creative Plan Podcast with Kelly. Hello. And Scott. Hi. So we are here for some serious matters. The seriousness of what is your favorite weapon in the Dungeons and the Dragons. I, I can't help but calling it that. <laughs> I mean, that's an uh, I mean, it depends on the character class I'm playing. Because, you know, if I've got a character that can't use a certain weapon, then it's certainly not going to be my favorite. Hold on. Sorry. See, obviously, an animal companion is the best weapon of them all. Does that constitute a weapon? A warhound! A warhound! Dire Corgi. <laughs> and yes, when I get printing, I actually have a mini for a dire corgi as a mount. <laughs> when Tilda got her uh, war dog uh, mount, she was so happy. Mm-hmm. She named him Slobber the Mutt. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's being super vicious today. As I'm being attacked again by the cat. He's like, I heard Kelly talking. I know no, she's no. talking to you. It's an attack of opportunity. <laughs> Cheeky little kitty bastard. So are we ready? Yep. I think they stopped. Okay. I closed the door, so hopefully. So go ahead and continue what you're saying, sweetie. Well, what I was saying was that it all depends on the character class. Now, if I'm a bard... My favorite weapon is a rapier. I mean, besides my loot, <laughs> um, uh, would be the rapier, finesse, you know, that type of thing. Um, but if I'm playing, you know, 
uh, like a warrior. I'm, she's not going to want a rapier. She's going to want something with some heft to it, you know. My sea elf, her favorite weapon is the trident. I mean, it's like it all depends on my character class. Um, I pick them specifically for that, um, you know. So, like, my sister Solace, she uh, has a mace that looks like the top part looks kind of like a sun because, you know, her god, you know, it's. Mm That's, so that's, if Kelly the player had to pick a favorite amongst all those weapons, what would you pick? See, I'll, I'll, I would, I'll funnel it down for you. Let's see. I don't know. I did take fencing in college, so maybe the rapier. Mm, the rapier's a good one. It's it's good for dex or strength, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, uh... I'm left-handed, so I had the advantage of being the only left-hand person in the class. So whenever somebody this would spar against me, they'd be going, is what? Be fire. <laughs> and since and I was sparring against entirely right-handed people, I had the advantage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, uh, she's on the wrong side. <laughs> I'm like, no, I am not. <laughs> I don't know how to do it, this offhand maneuver she's using. <laughs> so that was, yeah, I did very well in that class. See, in that case, I will have to agree with you that my favorite is also the rapier. Because not only is it a fairly cheap weapon, only 25 gold, does fairly good damage with the 1d8 piercing, but mm-hmm. as a finesse, it lets you choose whether to use strength or dex when you attack with it. True. So it gives you that extra versatility. I mean, sure, a longsword gives you a, up to a d10 in damage if you do as a two-hander, but, you know, how about you, Scott? Um, well, I'll actually expand on Kelly's. I think that the weapon is not just a matter of class, but it's also about the personal style of the person within that class. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. D&D has lots of different weapons. And, you know, I mean, even though there are like, what, 150 classes now? <laughs> there's still, you know, there's still room for individualization within those classes on what type mm-hmm. of weapon, you know, each each player should have now going back to your actual question me as a player what weapon would i pick i think i would pick a falchion Ooh. um i just like the word falchion <laughs> don't play D don't know what a falchion is i think it's one of the things that they just kind of like the word um <laughs> I mean, you know, even like SCA people don't call them falchions. I, I, I think technically it's a type of, um, um, well, it's a one-handed sword. So it's, it's you know, probably like um, almost a sickle mm-hmm. or a sow um, or a saber. Probably closer to a saber than anything else. But yeah, but doesn't I, it I, have I just, the wider end at the front? Yeah. 
but sort of again. kind of curved on the on the near the front, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but but again, I just I just kind of like it. It, it. It's something not a whole lot of people know about. It's basically the same as a long sword, but it has a little more panache. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got that little little saber, uh, that saber or that scimitar ish flair. Of course, it's French. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it definitely That's has good one. character because almost everyone out there has some kind of cool cross guard design. Mm-hmm. Of course, I am going to do honorable mention. Um, I love the uh, the bow, um, mm-hmm. particularly you know the because the range is just awesome. <laughs> I actually did try to take archery in college, but they no longer offered it. So I had to, you know, that's why I took fencing. Because, <laughs> of course, but, the yeah. bow is amazing with the reach out and touch somebody. Exactly. I mean, that range is just awesome. And let's be honest, your average bow is way better than your wizard casting an explodey spell because it's quiet. Yep. Fuck. I actually had a ranger who's uh, a, a half-elf ranger um, whose name was Thwack, you know, because that's the sound <laughs> the arrow makes. Uh, it's funny because the the, uh, the full character's name was Thwack Tittlebaum, but because <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like Thwack. It was a good name. Mm-hmm. And then he just needs a friend named Strum. <laughs> Strum and Thwack. So did you have any honorable mentions there, Scott? Um, yeah, my honorable mention would be something that practically nobody uses, but I it's just a lance. Oh, yeah. From... You know, it's it's just kind of you know a traditional big weapon. You, you need a horse to use to, to use it properly. It's the symbol of knighthood. You know, it just just kind of. How many fantasy pictures do you have of you know the 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 warrior with his lance, mm-hmm. the knight in shining armor, the knight in shining armor. Yeah, that's that's definitely one that uh, like even Dragonlance. I mean, come on, it's in the name. You know, yeah. it, it is nice to see the lance, but uh, I will be honest as a GM, it's horrifying when you use bad guys with lances because it's very <laughs> bad for the players because it's just like mounted knights in the dark ages with the footmen being massacred unless they play really smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and of course, you know the reason why you don't see it very often. Well, Nobody can really afford a horse. <laughs> that, but it's really hard for the rest of the party. I mean, one of the it, it, unless the entire party is mounted, having just one mounted guy really just doesn't work. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole the, the whole medieval concept of horses was cavalry it's like tanks you mm-hmm. need kind of a whole bunch of them together you know mm-hmm. you you line up your lances and you just mow the battlefield exactly 
Or if they rout the enemies, you go chase them down, guys, and come back. Because you won't be tired uh-huh. after chasing them. That's that. That's where you need to get that all paladin group with your all magic paladin <laughs> mounts. Yeah, and see, I would love to see a halfling on a war, a halfling paladin on a war dog. I think that would just be so freaking cute. Well, you could do, you could also do ruins and drink and ruins, no, 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 no. rangers, druids, and clerics in that group. Yeah. I mean, technically, mounted combat is something that any class can do in D&D. It's just I know paladins, because they get their magical steeds, will totally be using their horses, whereas a lot of the <laughs> other races would be like, buy a horse for that price? All the GM's oh, going to do is kill it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yeah, that's true. Look at what happened to poor Bertram! <laughs> Yes, GMs out there, your your friends' mounts are fair game when it comes to playing. Why? Because every oh, army through history would, went would after you, the horses. Would, would you kill like a mage's companion or a druid's companion? In a second. <laughs> As this druid comes out on the king of the forest, stags back, and you're just like, oh hell no. I ain't going to outrun this. And then you kill the stag and she jumps off and turns into an owl bear. Wait, that's the D&D commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you by the way. Bambi, you bastard! <laughs> I didn't kill Bambi, I killed his father. It's not better that way. <laughs> but... Not an improvement! <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, I'll, I'll throw out for my honorable mention the light crossbow. Because for those of us who can't use a bow effectively, that's the next best thing. Except, True. you gotta get that feat that lets you reload for free. So the bow guy who's going plink, 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 and you're having to waste your bonus action to reload, that part does suck, but that totally sounds like a crossbow. Because they're mm. pricks to reload. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And of course, let's not forget the drow with their pistol crossbows. Dun dun dun. Doesn't do a lot of damage, but it delivers a poison arrow real effectively. Yeah. And yes, players never be afraid of using a poisoner's kit and poisoning your stuff. Everybody's weapon's effective when you poison it. And we learned that, you know, if your druid happens to turn into a giant spider with venom, you Ew. can get some poison pretty easily. <laughs> yes, the group milked their druid's spider. Yes, we did. Often. Uh, you let your players do that one time, and then you get poison blades for everybody. The only thing you can hope on is someone rolls a one and they poison themselves. <laughs> because there's nothing worse than when you roll a one and you pull back your weapon and realize you scratched your arm and you look at the green glint on the blade that shimmers and you go, rut row. Rut row. Rut row. So that will definitely cover our favorite weapons and a couple honorable mentions. Wow, I just thought of yesterday and to the get day together. Poison Caltrops. 
Oh. <laughs> All you need is that one point of damage. Now That's we get a horrible D and D dungeon out of it. And of course, the bad guy has all mounted, you know, beasts with with lances. Mm, poor horses. Getting it? Well, I mean, the bad guy's coming after you. That not poor horses. Evil play. Yeah. But the horse. It's not the horse's fault for being there. Whatever you have to say, lawful paladin. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, guys, that's a good place to wrap it up there. Thank you for listening to D&D Journey of the 5th Edition, a member of the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Please follow us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cppn to never miss a show or stream. 